2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading at verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. And it reads like this, But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality to life. How? Through the gospel. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 10. But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. I'm glad that the word of God works. Yes. Amen. Where sin worketh death, the Word of God brings forth yes. life. Yes. Where the works of the flesh, we the Bible says if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. Amen. But if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap of the Spirit. That's right. Amen. That God that can change us through the power of God. The Bible says that He's... He made the statement, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. When we come to God, we don't come pure, holy, righteous, and all that we need to be. No, no. We come ragged, filthy, worthy of God's judgment, worthy of God's wrath. But God shows us mercy and love and grace and He's begot us through the Word of God, this precious Gospel. Amen. Amen. But verse 11, it said, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For, verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Amen. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You see, it's not enough to know the gospel. It's not enough to know the word of God. It's not enough to feel God. We've got to commit our lives and our families to Him. We've got to take our burdens and our cares and our trials. Even like we were talking, some things are just too big for us. And we've got to put them into the hands of God because we can't bear the load. We can't change the circumstance. But He is able. Yes. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. We, com- we commit our families to the, the economy. Come on. That's right. We commit our families to our employment. We say, well, as long as I go to this job, my family's going to eat, they're going to be clothed, everything's going to be all right. Uh, everything we've got is, is going to be uh, taken care of. As long as this job we trust in an employer, hey, jobs go away. Economies bust. People uh, let you down, but God never lets you down. That's right. That's, right. That's why Paul said, yes, I might be in a Roman jail, and, and I, I might be in this circumstance, in this situation, but I know whom I believe, and I know He is trustworthy, yes. and I know that He's going to lead me and guide me and keep me. 
but he said, I believe and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. You know what we need to do? We want to see miracles in our church. We want to see miracles in our family. We need to pray and say, God, I'm putting this in your hands. God, I'm putting this unsaved son. I'm putting this unsaved husband. I'm putting my job situation. I'm putting everything, God, squarely in your hand. And I'm trusting you to take care of me just like you said you would do. Oh, God has never failed anybody that has put in His trust their life, their family, and their soul. That's right, yes. Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. Sometimes we hold on to things and we say this and, and we've got a problem and a trial. We hold on to it and we say, this is my problem. This is my trial. This is my battle. And friend, all we do is get more and more and more and more miserable. But when we say, God, I can't do it. Will you fight my battles? Will you help me through this trial? Will you save my family? God, will you turn my life around? God, will you help me be what I need to be? God, I'm committing my life. I'm putting my life, my family, my hope, my dreams, my all in all in your hands, God, because I know in whom I believe. I know this gospel is right. Let God be true and every man alive. I know what Peter stood on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know that that's right. I know what the the Ethiopian eunuch had explained to him. Amen. But Philip, I know when he went to the water and he was baptized. Oh, I know he was baptized right because the gospel of Jesus Christ is repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Paul, uh, uh, Peter got in trouble for going to the the uh, uh, Cornelius' household in Acts chapter 10. He got in trouble for preaching to a Gentiles. But Paul, uh, Peter said, hey, I want to let you know something. In Acts chapter 11, you read it for yourself. He said, I went and the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. <laughs> Moreover, these six brethren have seen it. Yes. Thank you. What are you going to do? The gospel changes the Jew, the Gentile, the down and out, and everything. This gospel works. Yes, it does. And it's right. I believe you've got to have the Holy Ghost deep down in your soul and you've got to get it like they got it on the day of Pentecost. It is an absolute necessity if we're going to be what we need to be for God. We are not strong enough. We are not smart enough. We are not able enough. Oh, but there's no problem that God can't take care of. There's no question that God can't answer. There's no situation that God can't intervene in. When we commit it to Him and His truth, there are some things you can't trust. How many of you want to climb Mount Everest? 
want to climb Mount Everest, that's dangerous enough using uh, uh, safe equipment, but you want to climb Mount Everest and your rope is a scheme of yarn. How many want to trust that scheme of yarn? No. Come on, you're only uh, about 10, 15, 20,000 feet up. Come on, uh, you know, uh, hey, don't you want to trust that little thread to save your life? That's what happens every time we trust in this flesh and this ability and in the wisdom of land. We're holding on to a little thread that's going to snap and the destruction of our situation is going to be great. Oh, but when we grab a hold of the thread and the rope of God's grace and His mercy, when we grab a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've got something that can keep us when the world is on fire. We've got a firm foundation that may shake, but it'll never break. I know whom I believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him. We trust frail things. We trust weak things. And sometimes we have such a hard time. I'm preaching to this man here just as much as any of you. Amen. Sometimes we trust things. Hey, I trusted things on the job site that wasn't trustworthy. Be up on a, a, a 10, 12 pitch and you only had two nails driven in to the ladder jack. And you were sitting there. If that thing would have slipped, you'd been on the ground before you knew it. I've trusted my life to small things. And so have you. And then we go, okay, it'll be alright. It'll somehow work out. Oh, but if I'm going to hang my life on the nail, I want it to be on the nail-scarred hands of Christ. Upon the might of my Savior and the mercy of my God. I want to commit it. We trust weak things. We trust things that can let us down. Come on, we trust our vehicles. But I went out and the thing wouldn't start. Huh? We've trusted our cell phone. And I tried to make a call and the silly thing wouldn't work. I trusted a doctor and he about killed me. Come on. But not one time. Have I ever trusted God and He ever let me down? Or He ever harmed me? Or He ever did anything that was negative? You see, God's, even God's correction is positive. For all things work together for good for them that are called. Amen. Even when God corrects us, it's not because God hates us. It's because He loves us. Right. Amen. But we, you, you can't hardly talk about correction in churches today. You can't hardly talk about this is right and this is wrong anymore. Because somebody's going to get mad. Well, you know what? If folks get mad at the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're just going to have to get married. Because I have committed my life. I have committed my family. I have committed my all to Him because I know He is able to keep them and I cannot. He is able to save them and I am not. He is able to help them and I cannot. But God can. I know whom I believe. we got to commit our lives. we got to 
It's not enough to say, well, I'm living for God. I'm going to church. I'm worshiping God. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. It's more than shaking the preacher's hand and throwing something in the offering plate and saying, I belong into this church. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of churches that way. Preacher don't even know your name, but he knows your bank account number. That's right. Huh? Amen. I want to tell you, friend, I know a God that not only knows your bank account number and will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory, but He knows the very numbers of the hairs of your head. That's right. He knows. If He cares for the sparrow, don't you think He'll care for you? That's right. If He cares for the flowers of the field, don't you think He'll care for you? Yeah. You know, sometimes we call animals dumb beasts. And they're smarter than we are. Because right. even creation praises God. Yes. Amen? Yes. Even creation praises God. Friend, we need to commit ourselves. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not unto our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him. That's what the, the writer of Proverbs saying. Acknowledge Him. Commit your circumstance. Commit your situation. If you've got a health problem, commit it to the Lord. Amen. Yes. If you've got a financial problem, take it to God. If you've got a, a, a family problem, take it to God. If you've got a spiritual problem, I don't know about you. I've seen God do great things. I've seen God heal broken bones. Yes. I watched a lady get up out of a wheelchair and her hands like this and her hands unfold and get up out of the wheelchair and shout and dance and worship back in front of the church. I watched her run the aisles. And then I watched her go back and sit down in that wheelchair and she never walked again. Friend. Sometimes we go back to that affliction or that problem because if we become ours and we say we've taken ownership, we need to give that to God and say, God, take it. Take care of it. Get it off my chest, God. Come on. You're working under something that fell on you, you'd want to get it off your chest. And yet, we let the weight of eternity of our souls rise right here and crush us. Right. And crush all of our joy and our peace right. when all we got to do is commit it to God. And there comes such a peace. I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've come to God and i said, God, you see this. And I've just given it to Him. And nothing seemingly changed, but I had such a peace. That's right. Why? Because you committed it to Him. Right. And God said, now I'll work. But you got to let it go. you got to give it to me. Right. Do you see the, the weight of what the Apostle Paul was saying? This man has been guilty of holding on to things that I should have let go. And so have you. Yeah. Yeah. we got to let them go. we got to commit them to God and say, God, Change this circumstance and this situation. Amen. 
I've seen God move. I've, I've had God. I've seen God heal cancer. I, it's not something I heard about. It's not something. Uh, it's something I witnessed. I've seen God raise people. My dad, our dad, up off a deathbed. I, I've seen God do great things. Time and time and time again. Yet, we don't commit things into His hands. You know what we need to put into His hands more than anything? Our heart, our soul, our lives, everything. Hey, you guys might not be running the aisles tonight, but I'm telling you, this message will change your life. If you'll commit it, you're all in all to God. I don't know about you, but I'm not where I want to be with God. I pray and I worship and I felt the power of God and I felt the renewing of the Holy Ghost and God's strength, but I'm not where I want to be. I want to grow in God. I want to grow in His grace and in His knowledge. But you see, you grow in proportion to what you commit into God's hands. If you only commit half your heart into Him, you're not going to grow. But if you give Him all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, oh, the horizon's open for you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I know I can make it. Because if it be me, I go through trials. I've got a companion in my sorrow. His name is Jesus. He still owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Thank you, Lord. And He said, I'll be with you always. Even to the end of the earth. The book of 1 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 4. Verse Peter, chapter 1, verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of what? God. Through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen, without the power of God working in our lives, we, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen, without the power of God, friend, we're destined to fail. That's right. A man in and of himself can't live righteous. If we could live righteous, then Jesus wouldn't have to die on the cross because we could have lived the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. But the law was weak and through the flesh, the Bible teaches. And Jesus came and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, according to Romans chapter 8. He, he became... The inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Have you made your reservations, folks? Have you committed your heart? Have you committed your life? Have you committed your all to Him? Are you laying up treasures in heaven where nobody can take it away from you? Oh, come on. See, 
you need to seek the Lord. Amen. Well, when you begin to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, God adds all these other things to you. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I believe it is. Amen. We've got to keep it. Who are kept by the power of God. God can keep us through every season of life. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And you've got to have it working in your life. But I want to tell you, friends, what a joy it is. Yeah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. We can trust Him. There's a place reserved by Him for you. I remember D. You remember I'm going to build me just a cabin in a corner of Glory Land. I thought, boy, that sounded like a backslider. He just wanted over in the corner somewhere. He didn't want to be around anybody else. <laughs> you got to, I'm weird. I'll, I'll admit it. Anyway, you didn't have to agree huh? with that. <laughs> uh, but he used to sing a song, Just Build My Mansion, next door to Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And she'd sing, and you could tell that from the depths of her heart that was her desire. <coughs> well, friend, I believe there's a place reserved. Amen. If that's your heart's desire, there's a place reserved in heaven, and it's been paid for by the blood of Calvary. But you've got to commit. You've got to put yourself in those hands. Yeah. Amen. We've got to be in the center of His will. Yeah. And Ollie in the palm of His hand. We've got to be there. Yeah. Nobody can pluck us out of God's hand. But you can walk out of it. That's right. That's right. I want to commit to Him. I don't want to be as a shaking reed, a shaking leaf, or... Uh, shallow palm water, but I want to sink my roots down into the fertile ground of God's righteousness. I want to anchor myself in the presence of God and in His Word. I want to commit my life, my hopes, my dreams, my everything to Him. Amen? Amen. And when we do, God keeps and He provides and He makes a way. You know, what would y'all do if you seen some fella, you come in here one night, and you seen some fella, and I ain't going to really do it, but he comes in, and the whole service, he just sat here and banged his head against this post. I mean, we're singing, you know, uh, we're singing some song, you know, what a mighty God we serve, and this guy's, whack, whack. What, what would you think of that poor guy? And you know, somebody, uh, you know, uh, Ollie's testifying about how good God is. And this fellow's over here, bang, bang, bang. Every service, banging his head against this pole. What would y'all think? Somebody get a helmet for that guy or give us some restraints because he's nuttier than a fruitcake. Because he just sits there and he bangs his head. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And bangs his head. And you hear that talking, you know. And it's as empty and hollow as this post. And you hear it, you know. And you don't know whether it's the echo of the post or between his ears. I'm sorry. 
You'd think, wow, that's foolish. But wait a minute, friend. How many times have we banged our head against our problems and our circumstances and our situations? And we're saying, oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I adore you. But we're banging our head against the problems. We're banging our head against the thing that's standing between us and victory. We're banging our head the same between us and peace. When you're just going to commit it to God and say, God, I love you. You're going to have a whole lot less headaches doing that. That's right. Yeah. That's a silly. Well, preacher, that's a silly illustration. No, it's an accurate illustration yeah. of what all of us have done. Yes. At times. When all we got to do is just give it to Him. Commit it to Him. God can keep us when we can't keep ourselves. When our strength is gone... His strength is made perfect in our lives. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying, folks? We've got to commit to Him. We've got to give our life into His hands. Saying, God, I'm not my own. When the world says, oh, why don't you come over here to this, this place you ain't got no business being. You know, this wild party over here. Well, I can't because I don't have any feet. Because I gave them to the Lord. And I said, God, you direct my steps. For the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. And when that person cuts you off in traffic, and you want to go, oh, wait a minute, I can't do that because I don't have any mouth. Mm -hmm. And I bridled my tongue saying, God, you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God. And something comes by, it catches your eyes, and you want to look at it in the flesh. Come on. Well, I can't because I don't have no eyes. I gave them to Him. And I'm looking to Jesus, the author of the Amen. I can't be looking over here. The Bible says to forsake the very appearance of evil. Yeah. Even when you're not doing nothing wrong, if it looks wrong, we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Hello. That's right. <laughs> we need to commit our lives to Him. And when we do, our lives are going to change drastically. Amen? Look at Peter. Huh? He went from being a brawling fisherman. You know, pulling the sword out and whacking the servant's ear off. He went from whacking a servant's ears off to denying the Lord in less than 48 hours. He went from, I'm a soldier, I'm I'm a tough man, to I don't even know you, Jesus, in less than 48 hours. He wasn't perfect. He had problems. But he was in a prayer room, in the upper room. And he and 120 other folks said, God... I'm going to commit my life, my family, my future, my dreams. I'm going to give it all to you. And the Holy Ghost fell that day. And Peter stood up and he preached. And 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. Peter was never again the man he was before after he fully committed himself to God in an upper room. Paul was never the man he was before 
after he met God on the road to Damascus. Who are you, God? Well, I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. I read it just today. What would you have me do, God? Who are you and what do you want me to do? Were the only two questions he asked. And Paul forever committed his life and his future in the hands of God. And lives were changed through his life. Oh, friend, I wish you'd get a hold. I wish I could get a hold the depth of what I'm trying to talk to you about. It may not be one of those services where folks think they need to have this big, high-powered preacher come and get them all excited. I'm not trying to get you excited. I'm trying to tell you what will change the course forever of your life. The book of Jude, verse 24. Go to Revelations. It's the book right before Revelation, the book of Jude, verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and and ever. Amen. Verse 24, Jude 24, verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding what? Joy. Joy. To keep you from falling. God, when you commit your life, to Him. When you commit your life, your future, your dreams, everything, your family, when you commit it all to God, God will help you keep from falling. Is that what the book says, folks? Yeah. I am Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you, how did it say in it? Faultless. Before the presence of His glory, with exceeding joy. Our righteousness is filthy rags, except for the covering of the blood and the grace and the mercy of God, friend. Yeah. We're destined to fail. But when we commit our lives, like Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. When we commit our lives into His hand, He can keep us from falling. Yeah. And if we make a mistake, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father who is faithful and just to forgive. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. We find Joshua. Anybody ever read about Joshua? Come on, man. Anybody ever? Well, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho when the walls come a tumbling down. Come on, think about it. Everybody talks about Joshua. Joshua did fight the battle of Jericho. But in the conclusion of his life, he stood at the people whom he had fought with and whom he had struggled with and whom he had labored to see the promised land settle. He stood flat-footed and looked at them and said, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods on the other side of the flood or the gods in whose lands you live in. 
But he said, I'm going to tell you something right now. As for me and my house, as for me and my family, as for me and my heritage, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Mama's daddies, make up your mind, we're going to serve the Lord. Grandma's, grandpa's, make up your mind, we're going to serve the Lord. Our lives, our kids, our homes, and our dreams into His able hands. Come on, we can trust Him. I'm saying we can trust Him. Anybody tired of carrying that weight? Anybody tired of carrying responsibility that really is not yours? Time and time again, God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Come on. Said, study to show yourself quiet. Just trust the Lord. And God makes the way. Remember one time here in Madison, we we got to the point, it was just my wife and I, we didn't have any children then. I didn't think we would ever have any children, just to be honest with you. Living in Madison, we were very active in the church, uh, Sunday school teachers, outreach directors, uh, youth leaders, you know, things of that nature, very active. And we didn't tell anybody, but we had a can of corn in our house. One can of corn. And we went to service, and we worshiped, we taught Sunday school, we had a good time. We come home and we split as evenly as we could our one can of corn. It wasn't even a good bread. But we did have some salt and pepper. Amen. Amen. So we split that, ate it, went to church that night, shouted and worshiped. Were you that poor? Well, we had our offering and our tithes that we'd set aside to give God. Or we could have went and bought food. We looked at one another and said, I'll tell you what, we're just going to trust God. We're going to commit it to God. We're just going to give it to the Lord. Can of corn, that's all. There was nothing else. And we gave all of our money. All of it. I'm not saying, please don't anybody say, that preacher said give all my money to the church. I'm not saying that. I'm not some money hungry preacher, Okay. I'm just telling you what happened with us. And the next day, from the most unlikely source, from the person that started coming to church, and they were a bum, really. They were a bum. Uh, wouldn't work. Just bum. And kids, but they got food stamps. And the Lord had got a hold of them that night, that Sunday night. And went to work, come home, and we thought, boy, I'm hungry. And uh, opened the door. I won't say his name. I'll just say George, okay? George wasn't his name. But there was George and, and Sherry there. That wasn't their real name, okay? I'm like, yeah, how can we help? And I thought, not only am I hungry, 
I'm just being honest with you. Now you're going to try to bum money off of me. <coughs> and uh, they come and said, you know what? During the service last night, I got to thinking, I want to give to God. I want to do something. And I don't know why I feel this way. He said, we didn't have nothing but our food stamps. They got an unbelievable amount of food stamps. And he said, we wanted to pay our tithes. We can't just give that to a church. So I pray to God, uh, who do you want me to give this food to? And said, the Lord told me to give it to you. He said, so can you go down in the car and help me carry the groceries up? I will tell you, friend, they filled our cabinets. They filled our cabinets. I don't know how much stuff they gave us, but we thanked them and we cried and we said thank you. And when they left, oh boy, we dove in that. <laughs> and we ate. There was something there. I don't even remember what it was. I didn't know what it was. It tasted good, so I ate it. I was hungry. You know? But God provides. See, when you commit all your ways to God, God meets your need. When you make God first in your life, just like Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek the Lord, seek first the kingdom of God. Here, I want to read it. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to misquote it. Matthew 6. 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want you to know you need to commit it to God. Yeah. How many of you are going to try? I want to commit my families. I want to commit my life. I'm going to commit myself to God more than I've ever done before so that I can grow in your grace and knowledge. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap?